Welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I still wish I was Katie Holmes. <laughs> Whatever, Joey. <laughs> And our show is located on the ancestral lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805. And on the Tecumseh Sequetan territory within the unceded traditional lands of Sequetan-Ulu. And today's text, First Daughter, is set in Washington, D.C., the traditional home of the Piscataway and Anacostan peoples, and in California, with filming at UCLA Westwood, the traditional territory of the Chumash and Tongva peoples. Sam! Sam! Samantha! Sam, can we get your picture? Can we get a picture of you, Sam? Samantha McKenzie is America's princess. It's your time. She has fame. Look, there she is! She has glamour. Imagine what it's like to have your whole life picked out for you. And she lives in the most famous house in the world. I made it myself. Dad, you're the president. Okay, I had that cake made myself. But all she really wants is to be like everyone else. Welcome to Redmond. And I assure you that you'll be treated just like any student. Are you aware there are two huge individuals with stun guns and no manners flanking our door? I'm Samantha. No offense, Miss McKenzie. I'm just trying to have a normal college experience. All I want is normal, Mia. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, America's first daughter... You should change. I don't want to ruin the outfit. Can only improve it. ...is trying to discover where she belongs. I'm Sam. James. Not bad, Miss McKenzie what she wants we can take it slow truthfully one quick call to the fbi or the cia and i can get your blood type third grade class picture and satellite photos of your ex-girlfriend's homes and who that's him over there just a couple of pictures she really is i just want to be like everybody else yeah, i like everybody else what could i give you sam You're the president's daughter i don't have anything to offer you what if i was just like everybody else james how would you feel about me then you just don't get it things aren't different joe Mm-hmm. This movie is 50% my fault and 50% <laughs> a factor of circumstances. So to give mm -hmm. folks a little bit of a peek behind the curtain without burning any bridges, mm. we are recording this episode because we didn't get screeners for the episode we thought we were recording in time. So I'll let everybody just imagine which episode I'm talking about because this episode Ooh. will air in the future. Right. And so... Joe, you texted me and you were like, we could watch this really smart sounding movie that sounds really like lauded and great, or we could watch First Daughter starring Katie Holmes. And I was like, <laughs> obviously, we're going to watch First Daughter starring Katie Holmes. <laughs> well, in your defense, so we had talked about Red, White and Royal Blue. And I was thinking, what does this story look like from a female perspective, minus the queer stuff? And that gave us two potential options. So there's Chase Liberty, which is a Mandy Moore movie, which ironically comes out the same year as this. This was totally a thing in early 2000s YA, right? We've got all of these mm -hmm. like doubling up plot idea movies, which I yes. don't know, it doesn't seem to happen as much anymore, but it was really a thing for a while there. 
A hundred percent. I'm not sure if there was just something in the water. People were coming up with great <laughs> ideas at the same time, or maybe people were stealing IP from each other. Who knows? Mm. But in the long run, uh, I mean, neither one of the movies are apparently super great. I've gathered that Chasing Liberty is a slightly better version, but that one was not available for us because it wasn't on a streaming site that was accessible to both of us. So here we are with Joey in First Daughter and... <laughs> I think the other reason we ended up picking this, Brenna, is because we looked at the people behind this. Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. This movie is directed by acclaimed actor Forrest Whitaker, and it's from a story by Jerry O'Connell, a.k.a. the kid from Stand By Me, a.k.a. Sliders, a.k.a. a bunch of other things. And Secret identity for all our Canadian listeners? Sure. <laughs> yeah. And the screenplay was ultimately written by Jessica Bendinger and Kate Condal. So we do have two female screenwriters. I don't know. Like, I think that there could have been an interesting movie in here. And all we get instead is a very boring movie. Yeah, let me go over the plot beats because they are scant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we have President Michael Keaton, who is, can I just say, unconvincing as both president and father in this film. <laughs> I didn't find him persuasive in either role. Mm, he's giving Big Dad vibes, and that's fine. But yeah, as like the leader of the quote unquote free world, no. <laughs> I actually kind of felt like the first lady was more presidential than him. But what do I know? Right? Yes, I love Marker Colin. So they have a daughter named Sam, played by Katie Holmes. And she is a really good first daughter. She has policy opinions in line with the president's policies. She's well-behaved. People make fun of her for being a bit too kind of conservative and reserved, especially in her clothing choices. And we get the sense that she's mm. been really scrutinized throughout her teen years. Right. Yeah. The obsession with clothing, I have to feel, is a commentary on Chelsea Clinton. We for are sure. name-dropping her in this movie. Yeah, we're actually name-dropping like a lot of past president kids, which I always find interesting when we watch things set in a White House universe, to what extent mm -hmm. they connect to the real history versus to what extent they kind of make up their own universe. I'm, I always kind of find those choices interesting. Yeah. So Sam is heading off to university and she has this fantasy of driving off to university all by herself in a vintage Volkswagen bug, which in... Roger Ebert's contemporary review of this film, he's like, that's not a car that a kid in 2004 is dreaming of. Like, this mm -hmm. is the car the guy who came up with the story was dreaming of, which I thought was a very perfect point to make. Um, 100%. And there's a lot of that in this film. Like, this is very much classically adults imagining the lives of teenagers kind of movie mm -hmm. to cringe effect at some points, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Anyway, obviously, that's not what happens for Sam. Instead, she goes off to university with the Secret Service in tow. She has just as repressed an experience. She convinces her dad to lessen the Secret Service detail and instead falls in love with her RA, who, spoiler alert, is Secret Service detail. At the end of the movie, they are in love, but she is going off to university by herself because for some reason she doesn't need the Secret Service anymore. Never really nope. explained in the context of the movie because her father does get reelected. Uh -huh. And, um, the end? Question mark? <laughs> 
Yeah. So I won't lie. Initially, I was interested in the film. Like, watching Katie Holmes try to make this character interesting. But, you know, the premise itself, like this uptight sort of socially repressed girl who has never been allowed to just be a teenager has to go off and try to have this authentic experience but she can't and you know we know she's going to rebel we know she's going to take it too far and it's just a question of what does that look like and what are the circumstances involved and i think that's where the kernel of an interesting movie lies Mm -hmm. But then we just shift away from that so that we can have this not very interesting love story. And I think that Katie Holmes and Mark Lucas, who Buffy fans will recognize as Riley, I think they have okay chemistry. Like they're doing a reasonable job, but the movie doesn't give them anything interesting to do. So particularly in the back half, you know, we're meant to lead up to this big expose of him having to come clean and her being destroyed. And it just isn't interesting. It's a bizarre movie in that it tends to recycle the same beats over and over again. So like Mm -hmm. we have Katie Holmes, who is like misunderstood and limited by the world around her. The secret service is repressive. So she shed some secret service And then she finds her true self. But interestingly, her true self, like... Exactly the same? Well, the film decides to make it like she's basically like an infant waking up for the first time (laughs) instead Mm -hmm. of like someone more accurately, right? Like, Joe, I'm no expert in American politics or anything, but you're president for four years, right? So like, Mm -hmm. ostensibly, she had a childhood at some point prior to her dad becoming president. And like... Instead of it being like, these are the things I used to love to do before, which is what we see in other of these sorts of stories, it's more Mm -hmm. like, I'm a baby fawn learning to use my legs for the first time. (laughs) She was hatched, and then she went to college. I mean, the movie tries to suggest that she's never been able to have an authentic childhood because her dad has always been in politics, but it's part of the opening montage of the film And it suggests that she's kind of a career politician. Like, it's not really her dad's fault that she's like this. It's the fact that she's just always been involved in political activities. But the movie doesn't give us any insight into what she's actually hoping to do or if she even has any interests. Like, she just wants to go and have a real experience of her own at college. But that's not a character. That's a plot. Like, even on baseline levels, like, I don't think we ever know what she's majoring in. No. Like, I think it's supposed to be English because we see her go to class and that's like one douchey professor who's just reading from a book the whole time. But like, there's no sense of like that she has a passion or an excitement. And then I guess, you know, when I say the movie seems to just reuse these beats. Mm hmm. After the uncovering, which I actually think is a really good moment, there's a moment where there's mm -hmm. a dangerous incident. She gets whisked away by James, who she thinks she's falling in love with, and he throws her into the back of a limousine, and she's like, oh my god, quick, jump in. And then he looks at her, and he's like, he says her code name, and she's like, oh, Mm S-H-I-T, you're actually Secret Service. Like, I actually think that beat was really good. good. It is good. It works. Well, because Katie Holmes is really good. Like, when she reacts to a moment authentically, it's persuasive. So when the film Mm -hmm. actually gives her those, it's good. But then, bizarrely, 
the film just recycles all the same beats. So she goes back mm-hmm. to the White House. She's back under the control of the Secret Service. And she's back looking for freedom again. And it's almost like the first half of the movie never even happened, except for the love story part. It's truly mm-hmm. odd. Like, everyone gets amnesia. <laughs> well, that and the fact that we then get scenes independent of her, which we haven't really had much of otherwise. Like, there is a little bit with her roommate, Mia, who is played by Amari, and there's some interesting friction where Mia is used to being the center of attention and then Sam gobbles up all the oxygen in the room because everyone is so obsessed with the first daughter. And there is some good stuff in that. I'm, I'm happy to talk a bit more about that separately if we want to. But we end up getting scenes with James where he's undergoing basically a performance review. Like it's being decided whether he's going to be allowed to continue as a secret service agent. And I just thought... Oh, no. Now we have two characters that we don't know anything about other than their profession. (laughs) And we're apparently meant to care deeply about whether he will get to keep working as a Secret Service agent. Which, like, he's objectively bad at, right? Oh, I know it's a fairy tale. (laughs) A key thing to point out is we keep being told by people that James is a good Secret Service officer, agent? Mm -hmm. I don't know what the word is. But... Is he? Question mark? Because, like, I would have thought not making out with the person you're looking after is, like, job one, I would have personally thought. Is that, am I wrong? (laughs) Yeah, like, he gets in trouble not for kissing her or running away and having this kind of perfect date afternoon with her where he takes her to the movies and they get to have pizza and so on. I mean, we very much get the impression that he was told that he was meant to do that, like lie to her so that she doesn't resist having a secret service detail. But then he's fully kissing her, hanging out with her more. He only gets in trouble with her when he actually punches someone out while she's performing a cowboy striptease well drunk in a public bar. Yeah, that's the line, apparently. And I'm fascinated by that whole <laughs> scene because, you know, there's one point where he's like, well, for her reputation and the reputation of the president, shouldn't we step in? And the other Secret Service guy is like, nope. And I'm pretty sure that's not true either. Like, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't be left with that guy slapping her ass on the other Secret Service dude being like, yeah, this is normal. This is how I do my job. <laughs> it, it's very bizarre. I mean... Obviously, we had this conversation a little bit in our Red, White, and Royal Blue episode. I think there's some creative liberties taken around how much freedom and flexibility the children of powerful world figures have. But in this case, it just kind of feels like nobody did any research into it. They were just (laughs) like, well, the love story should be first and foremost the thing because that's what people are going to care the most about because that's why people like to watch Katie Holmes, right? And I can't entirely disagree with that logic, but also it doesn't make for a good film. No, no, it doesn't. And and part of that is because there is such a, I don't know, it's hard to say it's a high concept when there's such scant, like, story but like Mm -hmm. there is in that you have to buy into a bunch of things about the world in order for the premise to make sense sure so you do all that but then like you just really half-ass it i can't i can't describe it any (laughs) other way like here's a good example when they're frustrated with her because she's been acting out because she's trying to get james to be jealous this is before she finds out he's a secret service 
agent, I think. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, The big plan is to pull her out of school to join the campaign. I can't Mm -hmm. think of a possible example of where a president would get points for pulling their kid out of university to campaign for them. Like, Mm -hmm. what? (laughs) Well, and it's really weird when we're referencing real life politicians, several of whom had children who went to Ivy League schools, presumably who would be facing the exact same situations this movie details. So I, I fully get the idea of, you know, yeah, we run away and we go covert and put on a hat and pretend like we're regular people. That seems like a staple that you're always going to get. You know, it's always about dodging the authority figure so you can go and have some nookie time, whatever. But so much of particularly the back half of this movie just feels incredibly fabricated, but also not excitingly fabricated. Like, if you're going to have this, do something interesting with this because... You're right, the stakes are so low that it's really hard to feel bad for Sam. Because at the end of the day, it's like, I mean, I don't know anything about you, but also it doesn't really seem like you even wanted to do anything particularly interesting. No. I have to tell you, Joe, the whole time I was watching this movie, which I'm sure I saw at the time because I was an enormous Katie Holmes fan. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure I saw it. I just have no memory of it. But what I I couldn't... telling. But what I couldn't stop thinking about was this movie that I do remember that I had to go and look up on Wikipedia um, Mm -hmm. called My Date with the President's Daughter, which was a Disney Channel original movie, which I would have seen on VHS, starring Mm -hmm. Will Friedel. It was a Will Friedel vehicle. So if that name is not familiar to you, we're talking about the older brother from Boy Meets World, who was a heartthrob Mm -hmm. for a brief moment in the 90s. Sure. And uh, (laughs) that movie... The only thing I really remember about it strongly is, I mean, it's a fish out of water story, right? Because it's this average teenager who ends up on this date with the president's daughter. And it's a, you know, he's, he can't keep up with her expectations, but also he Mm -hmm. has a heart of gold, etc. But the thing I remember about it most is that it's from that era of Disney movies, where the theme song for the movie is just someone like singing the name of the movie over and over again. And as a result... This, like, theme song to My Date with the President's Daughter, which is basically, like, just somebody singing My Date with the President's Daughter, has been stuck in my head since I watched First Daughter last night, and I'm holding that against it, too. <laughs> my date with the President's Daughter. My date with the President's Daughter. Oh, yeah, my date with her. No, I mean, fair, fair. <laughs> uh, I don't have the same reaction, but sure. <laughs> Please write in if you watched My Day with the President's Daughter, because it does feel like the kind of movie that's just a fever dream I had, except that it has a Mm. very lengthy Wikipedia entry. (laughs) Oh, so there's like one or two other people who feel as strongly about it as you do. Oh my god, Joe, I just saw on the Wikipedia page, it says soundtrack. The film featured the song My Date with the President's Daughter by the band The Presidents of the United States of America. (sighs) Peaches. Describing events similar to those in the plot, which is exactly what happens in the song. Oh my god. I have something to look up on Spotify later. Anyway. This is terrible. I hate this for you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't want to belabor the point because I don't think either one of us truly enjoyed much of this film. I do think that 
this is a really poor vehicle for the talents of Katie Holmes. I'm not one of those people who thinks that she's a one trick pony and that she's not very good. And I hold, you know, Tom Cruise's marriage to her against her or anything. I actually like Katie Holmes. I think she's often better than the things that she appears in, which is unfortunate. Sorry, that was long and rambly. All this to say, I like Katie Holmes. I couldn't help but yearn for something more complicated, but also better executed. And what my mind ended up turning to is I think that this is a weaker version of the Princess Diaries. Oh, okay. I could see that. I could see that. Because that movie has a romance at its core, but the romance isn't central. And I do think that that's where First Daughter kind of falls down, is that it puts Mm -hmm. all of its eggs in the romance basket, as opposed to exploring Sam as a person who's trying to leave the nest. But also she has all this responsibility, you know, imbued upon her because of her father's title. And when I'm thinking about Princess Diaries, it's kind of the same thing, right? Where she suddenly discovers that she's a princess of Genovia but then the movie does a lot of fun things with exploring how does she adopt to this change and who does she become Mm -hmm. like I know that Sam in this movie isn't becoming a politician or she's not running for election or anything but using it as like oh okay we're changing her status and how does she adapt and what are some of the comic pratfalls and how does she explore who she is and so on like a lot of the themes are similar but it feels like princess diaries understood our interest is in mia not Mm -hmm. who mia falls in love with well i mean that would have been a better movie if this had been like princess diaries in reverse right like the the first daughter going to a regular university and having that experience i think you're totally right yeah one of the things i read in prep for today was the Roger Ebert review of the time, because I I think Roger Ebert on teen movies is often a very interesting perspective. Um, He holds them to a high standard. And sometimes I think he has anyway, it doesn't matter. I just always like to read him for movies that (laughs) I haven't found a lot of stuff. So I was reading his review of First Daughter. And he's like, the problem with this movie is not Katie Holmes. It can't be Katie Holmes because this is her first picture after Pieces of April. And Pieces of April was like... You and I love Pieces of April. Uh, yes. it's a, And it was a huge film for Katie Holmes in terms of like, oh, she can do stuff other than Dawson's Creek. She is a capable actress. Yes. Oh, my God. Why didn't we just do Pieces of April? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a great point. Um, and instead, his point is that the film is ultimately not interested in ever telling us who this person is. No. And so, you know, we get these moments of Sam telling us with exposition that she wants Mm. to experience freedom, but we never see her do anything with it. And I think ultimately, like, that's the biggest problem with the movie is, as you say, it doesn't realize that the thing we care about is Sam, not Sam's Mm -hmm. relationship with James. Yeah. And that's no shade on Mark Lucas, because I think he's trying. But again, James isn't really a character. He's just a stud that Sam is attracted to. He's literally just a person who actually treats her like a human being. And as a result, she falls in love with him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, there there could have been a really interesting movie here. And I think they just sort of said, okay, well, we've got this kernel of an idea. And oh, we've got Katie Holmes, you know. She's a big star. So, you know, cast her. 
mm-hmm. dollar signs, dollar signs, and it just doesn't work. I think this is a good time to transition to just count how many tropes show up in this relatively oh unsuccessful film, shall we? <laughs> so you're saying some YA bingo? Yes, please. Bingo! Not a good bingo. <laughs> well, I'm going to start it off with coincidental classes because we yes. literally give Sam the floor so that she can say, a prince is always <laughs> just a prince. <laughs> Oh my god, everything about that class seemed tedious and awful. Um, But at least it gave her a place to have that awakening, I guess. Mm -hmm. As you pointed out, we have a female screenwriter. Mm -hmm. I think we have expectation of houseborn in the White House, but I was very nonplussed by the decoration. Instead, I'd like to talk Mm. about houseborn with the giant dorms that these kids are staying in. Like, what the hell? Okay, so they make explicit reference, oh, it's so much bigger than a double room should be. Do you think that she was given preferential treatment? I do think so. And I think that there's a suggestion that, like, her roommate has been handpicked, her space has been handpicked. But, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, even James's room, like, I know RAs sometimes have a slightly larger single, but James's room is ridiculous. It basically has, like, a dressing room. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not authentic to our college experience at all no we are supposed to have a perfect date with that whole movie theater uh escape thing and it's sure. it's cute and all but it's fine. the film hasn't earned it by that point so it doesn't make you go ah but i think you're supposed to Ooh, ex- okay so i fully agree but i do think that there's a better version which is when sam gobbles up mia and james for oh, a flight yeah. on air force one to take them to a fancy party yes which Why? is a f- fundraiser of something maybe <laughs> I don't get it <laughs> yeah that, that whole thing is not clear it's all just a setup to find out that james is in the secret service like 100 okay. percent. yeah thank you for that <laughs> Um, okay, I'm going to say stunt casting from Michael Keaton. You know mm-hmm. what you're getting, and especially with a presidential figure. I totally agree, re Michael Keaton. Um, I also want to make an argument for holiday prom or wedding, if we can count mm-hmm. an inauguration night as a holiday. I know we don't have those very often, but I think... <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> uh, and I think we could call that whole Air Force One thing a very fancy road trip. Yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. I think the movie is trying to make a case for musicality, but I actually didn't like any of the music. I was so disappointed. Normally with a 2004 movie with a big name teenage star, you're going to get a banger millennial soundtrack and we do not have that here. Mm -mm. I can't remember. Did Katie Holmes ever try her hand at singing? Because I half expected a song from her. No, there's a scene in one episode of Dawson's Creek, Joe, thank you for asking this encyclopedic question of me, um, (laughs) where she sings On My Own from Les Mis. Uh, It's the scene where she's, where Pacey is realizing that he is falling in love with her. And Mm. she sings it as part of the pageant where she's trying to win a scholarship, even though obviously Joey Potter does not enjoy being in a pageant. And everybody Mm -hmm. thought that was going to launch a bit of a like a singing career thing, but she doesn't seem to have had any interest in going down that road okay okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. question for you i mean i'm i'm putting on borrowed time because it feels like it's only a matter of time until some sort of conflict will erupt that will unmoor her and james whatever that's the nature of romantic comedies and the first lady literally says she will have her time after the election so there's that aspect (laughs) of it as well true Mm -hmm. 
would you say good friendships? We haven't really talked about Mia, but I feel like there's a more interesting piece with Mia in the first half of the film where Mm -hmm. she actually actively resents Sam. And then we just paced right over that. And then they're thick as thieves, sort of, except that we never see Mia again (laughs) in the last act of the film. This is such a classic early 2000s YA. Cast the biggest name white girl you can in the main Mm -hmm. role and cast a big name black actress as her best friend and then wildly underuse her. Like, that's the tropes. (laughs) Heaven forbid we give a black actress anything interesting to do, but she is definitely here to try to bring in the quote unquote urban audience. Oh my God. It's just so cringe when you say it out loud, but I know that's exactly what they were thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to say no to good friendships, because even though I think the two actresses have okay chemistry, I don't think that the movie does enough to actually say, hey, this is a real friendship. Well, I agree. And I think that's also why we have to give it to hollow romances, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I believe that she has the hots for James, but I don't believe she loves him. And when her dad asks her that, it's the cringiest scene, because like... It's like no one's convinced that scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to say we're not going to get a line from Bingo, so. But, Bretto, maybe to wrap this up, you texted me that you think that Sam and her father have better chemistry. I, at the beginning of the film, there is a really, I found it quite creepy scene where... You find out that they have this, like, thing, Sam and her dad, where they go down to the kitchen to, like, share a piece of chocolate cake. Mm -hmm. In the later part of the film, it's cute. They've settled into a relationship. It works. But that very first one is when I texted you because, Mm -hmm. like, they do this, like, kiss on the cheek thing and this, like, this hug thing. And both of them are really not very father-daughtery. I did not love that. At all. Because also, like, the sharing of a slice of chocolate cake is, like, archetypically romantic. It's a date. If you're going to do something else with it, you've got to do something else with it. And they don't. It looks like they're on a weird date together at the beginning of the movie. I did also text you and say they settle into father-daughter, but I don't think they have it at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the film, and I find it weird. No. This is one of those situations where I can't help but wonder which scenes were filmed first, because this Mm. very much feels like a, we've only just met each other, we haven't figured out how we're going to behave on screen together, and oops, the chemistry is coming off a little creepy sexual. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, uh, let's never speak of this movie again, because it was boring. It really was, and I... Of all the things I was expecting for it to be, boring was not one of them. I expected it to be, like, goofy or, like, something mm-hmm. we could make fun of, but I didn't expect yeah. to be just bored. No, it, it's also just way too long. Like, this movie oh doesn't God. need to be an hour and 40, 45 minutes. No, it really doesn't. Um, But you know, <sighs> Joe, we're treading into mm-hmm. much better waters next week. This is true, yes. Uh, We're getting a bit of an early jump on it because we're not even into October, but we couldn't help but seize the opportunity to celebrate Mean Girls Day. Which, interestingly, Joe, also a film from 2004. Right, yes. It's almost like we planned it. We didn't plan it. (laughs) 
We did not plan it at all. This is the most unplanned <laughs> episode in the history of the show. Um, and then we get into our creepy Halloween month where Joe makes me do spooky, spooky things. So we're looking ahead to things like House with the Clock in Its Walls and Love and Monsters and scary stories to tell in the dark. It's it's going to be a good October, Joe. I'm looking forward to it. It's true. <laughs> as long as I know Reservation Dog Season 3 is coming through eventually, I will I will withstand the creepy month. I, I can do it. All right. <laughs> All right, folks. So if you want to find us to write about this, or maybe you want to share your memories of my date with the president's daughter, I'd really appreciate that. Wow. You can find us on Twitter <laughs> at HKHSPod or on the hashtag HKHSPod. Joe, where do they find you? I can be reached at Beast on my remote, and that's the letter V. And I am no longer on Twitter, but you can find me on Blue Sky at Brenna C. Gray or on Instagram at Mittenstrings. And uh, if you want to send us anything long form, the email is the best way. You know, we haven't recorded a mailbag episode in like a little while, so maybe you want to get something in for that. It's hkhspod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. All right, Joe. So uh, I think that's all I got. I, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? No one could have predicted this. We were both aware that it might be bad. I don't think either one of us thought it was going to be boring bad. So <laughs> you, know, you win some, you lose some. At least we know that we have a very good film next week. Um, whoop, whoop. Although I am worried about the book because you keep warning me. This is a very long, long book and it's like nonfiction. So it could be yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's like a sociological study. It's not fiction at all. So it's definitely out of our comfort zone. Um, and mm -hmm. it's out of our usual practice. But you know, we'll learn some Joe, it'll be good. There we go. There we go. All right. So until next time, I will see you on the page. And I will see you on the screen. Um, President Michael Douglas, which, <laughs> no, no, that's not who I mean. No. You're going to put that in the outtakes, aren't you, Joe, that I can't tell uh -huh. white men apart? <laughs> I mean, fair. Don't we all have white men facial okay. blindness? You know, I was reading, I mentioned off the top, I, I'm sorry, I have this in Do Not Disturb, why is it mm -hmm. chirping at me? Ah, okay. Um, 